Well, hello, and welcome to Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior podcast. I've recently renamed my podcast to Wild Warrior, formerly Vital Edge, and it just seems to represent more of the direction I'm heading in uh, teaching about health and whole body health, uh, body, brain, and soul, and um, including in that sexuality and our just our... Um, you know, fervor for life and the spice with which we approach our health and our relationships and each other. Um, So today's podcast is about sex, actually, and the second chakra. And I would like to just cover some of the areas of the second chakra's energy and the, well, we call it in Chinese medicine, the lower jiao or Um, prenatal prenatal essence, which I've spoken about before. And this area of the body is really important in our vitality, of course, and also in our creative force, our passions for life, our sensuality, uh, our ability to express desire, and how those needs met. And also in, um, you know, the sacrum itself and the physical area of the second chakra, which is just below the navel uh, and also around the, the back and the hips and the um, lumbar area are really important stability places, you know, areas where we operate from physically as we're in motion every day and in our um in our ability to kind of move ourselves around the world and do the things that we are here to do. So uh, the second chakra is also called the sacral chakra for reasons I just mentioned in its location. And we think about and we hear about the pelvic floor in general and the importance of those muscles in holding ourselves strong and in also supporting the spine and preventing lower back issues. Of course, all issues can lend themselves to problems with sexuality and with uh, either female or male organ systems, and also, uh, you know, just makes us come from this place of confidence and strength if we have strong pelvic floor. When women, for example, who have had children have weakness in the pelvic floor, they often have issues with, you know, urinary incontinence or sometimes vaginal prolapse, uh, uterine prolapse, and things like that. And those are definitely issues that are really a struggle for a woman in her in her daily living, really, and of course, her intimacy and her intimate relationships. And so doing strengthening exercises for the pelvic floor is very essential in whole body health. So a lot of the training I do at my gym is centered around course and we hear a ton about these days in general and how important that is you know to be strong and being fit and to be able to move well but it's also very important for our health and vitality in our organ systems and in our emotional body as well so one of the main things the second chakra is um, attuned to and connected with is our emotional stability and our ability to express our emotions and move through them in a reasonable way. And it also represents, as I mentioned, desire and our creative force and our passion 
and uh, our sense of value and worth. So if we're coming into the world and presenting ourselves from a place of a strong second chakra, we are going to magnetize to ourselves the things that we want in this world, you know, including value and worth. So it's directly correlated to our earning potential as well. And so if we keep our second chakra agile and um, balanced and in a good place of health, then we can, you know, magnetize those other qualities into our lives and really earn our keep and also offer our gifts to the world, which is really kind of the most important thing and kind of the reason that I do what I do because I really want people, I feel like it's kind of my job to get people as healthy as they can be so that they can share their creative force and their uniqueness with the world. And each of us has various gifts to offer. And so I want folks who either come to see me or who are listening or who are just, um, you know, wanting to learn more about their, their total health to recognize that the healthier you are as an individual, the healthier our planet is, you know, and you get the chance to offer your gifts and your uh, capabilities. And, and, you know, you're even if it's just to your community, your small community around you, you're offering those things to others, whether it's your family or your town or the, the whole world. And we are all here for purpose, and we're all here for a really short period of time in the scheme of things. And so it's really important that we utilize that time well. And I do think that the second chakra is a big part of that because it does allow us to operate from this place of passion and excitement. And I kind of like to think of it as like, you know, being curious about life and having kind of this orgasmic quality um, about our lives. It's a playful place. It's a place of, uh, like I said, curiosity and exploration. And our sexuality is directly related to those things as well. Um, some of the issues that we see in kind of a suppressed or a repressed second chakra include things like, you know, overactive sexual intents, uh, risky behaviors and things like that, or like a low libido, kind of a depressed sexuality. And I've been reading a really wonderful book by a researcher named Emily Nagoski. And the book is Come As You Are. It really just helps us bridge the gap between the scientific evidence that's coming up now about sexuality, especially in women's bodies, and our overall health. And also kind of some of the stigmas and stories we've been told and ingrained in our culture over the years that... Um, creates this sense of shame and guilt around sexuality. And really, it should be celebrated as a beautiful thing. And it's, you know, our bodies are designed a certain way, and we should be able to utilize them fully, um, obviously, with, um, you know, seeking out pleasure and creating intimacy in our partnerships, and just kind of operating from that place again of this passion, sensuality, course, that is really beautiful to see. So, um, when we get stuck there, our emotions can reflect that and things are doing well. 
Um, in Chinese medicine, of course, we always think about the qi and the movement of energy in general and how important it is for things to be in motion. The second chakra or the lower jiao, as we call it in Chinese medicine, rep- is represented by the element of water. And water is all about fluidity and change and the capability of being flexible in our lives. And if we aren't able to, I mean, I spoke about it in my ADAPT podcast, if we can't be kind of labile and moving around with some flexibility in our lives, then we become rigid and stuck. And that's very much reflected in the second chakra. And if those places and physically too, think about it, like our, our mobility of our sacrum and our lumbar vertebrae and our pelvic floor, the stability and strength there and the hips, that's all, I mean, our limbs attach there in our sacrum and in our hips. And so it's really important that if we want to move well through the world, both physically and kind of in that um, symbolic way of movement, moving through the world well and operating, you know, from a place of uh, health and mobility in our lives, in our emotional lives, physically and spiritually, then we need to have those parts working well for us and supporting us and holding us, you know, in a stable pattern. So fluidity is really, really a part of that. There's so much dynamism that happens physically in the sacrum and the hips area. Um, And so and also, if you think about reproduction, I mean, there's so much energy there. And there's, I mean, for women, we can create and contain a whole new human or multiple humans. (laughs) And that's a pretty amazing thing. And for men, we can spawn that. And so that's really a beautiful thing. And if that area is stagnant or um, restricted in any way, then those, those vital vitality, the vitality of the human, and also just that um, reproductive force can be really stunted and stagnant. So it's really important to move through those things uh, and also just create that strength in the pelvic floor. One of the uh, imbalanced areas of the sacral chakra emotions, and I spoke about this, I think, before with the kidneys and the prenatal essence, one of the kind of the damaged emotions there that can come up is fear. And of course, guilt can go with that as well. And so if we're operating from a place of fear rather than love, then we really stifle our creativity and we, we stifle our self-worth, to be honest. And so it's really important that we learn how to come from a place of love. The balancing chakra of the sacral or second chakra is the heart chakra. And when we're only operating from kind of an imbalanced place in the second chakra, so much of that energy can be frivolous and can be... Um, like I said, just kind of overindulgent in the sexual realm or an emotional realm where we have kind of emotional instability. Um, And the heart chakra helps to kind of regulate that. It's like the wise choice because it's coming out of love instead of fear. And so when those two are in good balance with each other, then we have love regulating this playfulness from the second chakra. Second chakra is almost like a childlike um, feel to it as well. So we've got this very creative force, this passionate, curious, like running around and exploring the world and 
being able to be, I mean, think about a kid at the playground. They just are like, oh, let's check this out and let's go see what this is doing. And I'm going to pick this rock up and see what happens when I throw it. Or, um, you know, I'm going to notice this and this and this and, and use all of those things to make a fort or whatever it might be. And there's this creative playfulness that comes from a childlike spirit And I think a lot of us in adult life and in our adulting have to kind of temper that, you know, socially that's expected. And also just in our lives, we get busy and we get bogged down with things, responsibilities, et cetera, which are all, you know, factors that we are inevitable as adults. But it doesn't mean that we have to dampen down that playful side of us and that ability to be fluid and creative and curious about life. So coming at life with fervor and passion is really, really important. And there's um, in in Dr. Nagowski's Nagowski's book, what I've really been interested in is she talks a lot about, especially women's sexuality, I think everybody should read it, men, women alike, um, all genders, (laughs) everybody should read this book. It's wonderful. And it's really great for relationships in general. She's a beautiful writer and just it's very well researched. So I really appreciate that part of it. But um, one of the big things she speaks about in people who are struggling with their intimacy, struggling with their sexuality, or their libido or orgasms in general, is there's a difference between, you know, what turns on our brakes and what turns on our accelerator sexually. And so much of what I've spoken about over the last year on my various podcasts is about, you know, stress and stressor responses and adaptation and um, kind of that malleability that we all need to move through life well in a healthful way. And if we can learn how to change our stress responses and, um, modify our stressors in some way, shape or form, and modulate those responses, that enables us to kind of take the brakes off of our sexuality. And I think that's a really interesting way to look at um, intimacy in general, and any, any other, you know, factors that play into that, whether it's our cultural story that we've been taught and told, and that's ingrained within us, maybe we need to change change that. Um, You know, whether it's uh, relationship issues that need to be worked on before the intimacy can really come back to its full circle capabilities or to to a new level, perhaps. Um, There's, you know, obviously some folks that need to do some deep work, maybe there's a history of sexual abuse or trauma, and those things can really inhibit and and turn on the brakes. so there's various various parts of sexuality that should be explored. And it's not about, I mean, I've heard the story that it's like, oh, you just don't have desire, you don't have um, a high libido. And so many women in particular that I've spoken with, and I'm sure this happens with men too, I've just spoken with more mem- women in my practice, especially moms, feel like they can't turn that switch back on. And so much of that is not about being broken. It's not about some flaw or something where you're just mind over matter, like get your libido back, just do it. It's fine. There's a lot of pieces to that um, desire and the context within which we are intimate that requires safety. It requires 
um, you know, just figuring out different ways that you can feel vibrant again and what things are holding you back from that. I definitely ask my patients about their intimacy and their sexuality and their libido because I do think it's kind of a gauge for how folks are feeling in general um, health-wise. It's a really important one that's often overlooked or missed or, you know, people are afraid to discuss it. And a lot of people struggle. And I think that that's, um, you know, something that's, that's definitely fixable. It's not like we just have to surrender to um, a dampened sexuality. I think that that's a really part of our a big part of our, our being vibrant humans in this world. So, you know, looking at some of the things that might hit your brakes, when you're in an intimate setting, whether it's like something as simple, I mean, Dr. Nagoski talks about something as simple as cold feet, like maybe you just need to put some socks on. I love how simple that is. And really, it can make a big difference. Uh, It seems silly, and a partner might judge that. But really, if it allows you to be fully free and vulnerable uh, with a partner, then why wouldn't you, you know, and saying, I mean, even if it's just setting lighting or candles or smells, or clean sheets, or whatever it is that kind of creates that spark so that you feel safe and comfortable. Um, One of the biggest things that I think limits us on so many levels in our lives is our minds chatter, you know, and the, the things that we feed ourselves about ourselves. And I think that that plays into sexuality and intimacy in a big, big way. You know, obviously, body shaming and the self-talk we can do around that can certainly turn down our libido in a big way because we're feeling self-conscious or we're, you know, not feeling beautiful or uh, desirable and um, or free in some way. You know, maybe that makes you feel very inhibited and none of those things, you know, help to elevate your ability to experience pleasure and to tap into your desire. So working on some of those things by being mindful, maybe doing some therapy around um, some body image issues if you need to, or intimacy issues in general, if you've had some past trauma, those are important things to address that there's plenty of trained people out there to help you work on them. Um, I think too, that in order to kind of charge up the second chakra and move it and stabilize it, you know, obviously our heart needs to be in a good place too. And if we start having some mindfulness and coming from this place of love, whether it's self-love or love for others or both, of course, I think those two things go hand in hand, then we're able to feel that creative force again. And sometimes that just means awakening that area physically. And so whether that looks like self-pleasure or pleasure with others, um, a partner, um, whether that looks like finding a new passion in life, maybe that's a new career, a new uh, creative outlet, uh, taking a class that gets you fired up and excited about life again. Those things are really, really important to keep ourselves charged and to kind of come into life with this vibrant curiosity and this creative force. Uh, There's some physical things you can do as well, like some movement patterns that can really open up the second chakra. Even just something as simple as child's pose 
is a wonderful way to open up the hips and the sacrum and to kind of offer that vulnerable um, posture. Uh, doing some pelvic floor work in general is really good. And I'm not a huge fan of Kegels. My main, I think that, you know, being aware of our, our pelvic floor muscles is really important and mindfulness and breathing can certainly do that. Yoga and the um, bandhas can help us get in touch with the pelvic floor as well. But unfortunately, Kegels were originally taught in a way that was more biofeedback. And so there was kind of an implement to give us feedback on how those muscles are working, just like when you're at the gym and use weights to help your body build muscle. I mean, that's kind of an easy and no brainer way of looking at building weight, building strength and toning muscles. And with Kegels, it's so much about just pressing against air. And so I think that's really challenging for a lot of women, especially if they've already lost some of their strength and their awareness and that connection. So, um, you know, there's different methods for engaging the pelvic floor, even simple things like some of the primal movements, like crawling off the knees, doing planks, those can help really fire up the core muscles without sitting there having to try and just engage them, you know, with, the Kegel thing in mind. Um, and I think people can get good at those. It just is kind of a practice. And when things are dampened down a little bit, it's really hard to start firing those muscles up. So sometimes you need some feedback, whether that is, um, you know, like a jade egg or a finger or some sort of biofeedback to give you an idea of like which muscles are firing and to get a little more personal with yourself and understand, um, how you can strengthen those those muscles and get them engaged again and also just find that connection with your brain because of course so much of our strength is about our brain connection and an ability to fire sleepy muscles all those muscles are able to fire they're designed to be strong and we just kind of down regulate our connection to them whether that's through childbirth um you know, sitting too much is really difficult on the second chakra and the, and the pelvic floor muscles. So getting up and moving when you're at work, um, doing some crawls, like I said, planks, child's pose, those kinds of things to help fire up those muscles a little bit while you're in your work day can be great. Um, chanting and tapping, different, different things like that, just to kind of awaken that area and bring some awareness to our brain about this part of our body. I think, I mean, as a woman, I can say that there's always been, I mean, I definitely had some body issue, image issues, excuse me, when I was younger. And even up until the recent years, and I've really learned to be in love with my body now, and just really I mean, I, I have moments where I go into my old thought patterns, but I've really learned how to just be proud of the strength I've created and um, be grateful to my body for what it gives me and for the things that I'm capable of doing because of um, my healthy body. And so, and being able to look at it in a different way with, you know, all of its scars and flaws and all of these things that I used to think were, quote, ugly you know, now have become just part of my story. And so I embrace them as part of who I am. And I think that there's a lot of um, shaming for women and judgment about themselves, especially around the second chakra, because, you know, we talk about 
like having a belly or holding holding in your gut or all of those kinds of things and it's a common place of um dislike for a lot of women about their bodies and especially post kids you know a lot of people have stretch marks or saggy skin or whatever and so there's just this kind of disconnect that happens between the brain and the heart and the second chakra and that area of the body so I think learning to um, whether it's through meditation or self-love or um, you know affirmations that kind of help you see that in a different light or just learning to have gratitude for the scars and flaws like I mentioned I think that that is part of our story and all of us I mean even if it's laugh lines right those are those are a great part of our story those are showing that we've enjoyed much of life and that we've been outside perhaps and um, been smiling and I think that those scars and stretch marks or saggy skin or whatever it might be that you are self-conscious about those are beautiful things that tell about your life and the things that you've been able to accomplish in your life really especially if you've had kids. I mean, that's such a beautiful thing. So um, I would say my my task for you in this kind of abbreviated podcast today about sexuality and the second chakra would be to look at your life and see where you don't come at your life and at your health and into the world with this vibrant curiosity, this orgasmic place of looking at the world and being excited and and seeking pleasure and um, finding your sensuality and allowing yourself to use all of your senses to engage with the world. Because that's why we're designed in the why we're living in these bodies, you know, we have these senses for a reason. And that means we should be able to tap into the pleasures of those senses. I mean, just like with food and nourishing yourself with food, you know, that catch word moderation comes up, but we can have pleasure with food, even if it's something that maybe is really, really healthy for us. You know, I think a lot of people think of pleasure with food in only the, you know, the, (laughs) the off limits kind of food, like sugar or sweets or salty things or whatever their, their, um, favorite treat is. And we can savor and have pleasure with food every time we eat, you know, it's just a choice. And there's so many awesome things out there to eat. And even if it's something that's more for sustenance than it is for pleasure, I think that we can still, you know, approach our, our nourishing ourselves with a mindful way in a mindful way. And so we can have this gratitude for this meal, um, for this food that's available to us or for the ability to make the meal for ourselves and, um, savor it no matter what it is. And I think that's really true in all aspects of our senses. You know, if there's, um, smells that you gravitate toward then indulge in them enjoy them like make them more a part of your life because they can fire you up on so many other levels and they can wire to your brain with the sense of pleasure the events that happen in your life um you know even if you're like if you're in a new relationship 
or even a, you know a relationship that's been going on for a long time if you rewire some things to create passion again maybe it's like doing something really exciting together like i don't know learning how to ride motorcycles together or something like that that's out of your norm or going scuba diving or uh, going on a, on a fancy trip or something, and then you bring in other sensual things into that experience, you're going to wire that system of pleasure that much more so that your your brain tends to want to fire there. And you're going to associate all those pleasurable things with the person you're, you know, that's accompanying you, your partner or otherwise. So I think those things are... Um, really useful tools to keep our second chakra like helping us operate in the world with this sense of playfulness and excitement and like I've said a couple times curiosity because I think when we lose our when we start to kind of dampen down our passion for life we're no longer curious we um you know, we see the world as just kind of routine and like getting through our day instead of getting after our day. I mean, I've heard in a, in a few, I can't remember who the quote is from, but the, the idea that life is not happening to us, but it's happening for us. And if we come at life with that perspective, like think about the potential there. You know, if it's happening for us, man, we've got so many things that we get to do. And if we keep our body healthy and moving well and experiencing all the different pleasures of life, whether it's nature or food or air, or water, or jumping in a lake, you know, other people, human touch, etc., cetera, um, those things perpetuate each other, right? And so then we have the system that's operating at a higher octave and it's magnetizing all of those things to itself that much more because we are putting that energy out there. We are moving through the world. Well, we're inviting and magnetizing that energy back to us. And so it's, it's okay to move through emotions. Yeah. We're going to have sadness and pain and grief and fear, all of those things. The important part of second chakra is the ability to bounce back and the ability to move through those emotions and not let them consume us and create this place of, you know, stagnant, stuck energy. So refire yourself up, you know, find something passionate to do, find something new, learn something new, dive into something different than you've done before change up your food, change up your patterns, your routines. I mean, yeah, it's important to do, like I've talked about before, the rituals and the things that keep us healthy every day, whether that's reading and breathing and mindfulness, etc. Um, morning rituals are awesome. But mix it up every now and again, you know, throw yourself out of your regimen for a little bit and see what happens. Get intimate with yourself too. like find that place of self-love, whether that's a sensual place or from the heart or, you know, like I said, affirmations, bring that stuff in again and remind yourself that you are worth it. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of sharing your gifts. In fact, I think you owe it to us to get after it and show us 
you know, all the beautiful things that you have to offer. And I commit to doing the same. So from this podcast, I think there's a few things you can do kind of implement into your life. Like I said, find something new and exciting and creative. Find your creative force, whatever that looks like. It changes all the time, right? Some people are painters, but then they venture into doing something else for a while. That's fine. Like do, you know, go with the flow on that. Be fluid in your life. Be adaptable to the things that come your way. Um, Use restorative techniques. Breathing. Obviously, deep breathing exercises, those engage the second chakra big time. If we're moving our diaphragm well, then all the organs in the second chakra are opening and moving and getting circulation. You know, you can just lay there and put your hands on your lower belly and do deep breathing exercises. That's really restorative, but it also brings a sense of awareness. Do some meditation. Like I said, this mindfulness that we hear about practice it. Even if it's 10 breaths a day, that is a good start. And while you're doing those 10 breaths, maybe you bring in the meta loving kindness meditation, where you're telling yourself to be safe, healthy and happy, um, and allowing yourself to experience those things. Nourishing your body with food, water, air, exercise, movement, and then primal movement, I think is wonderful. So doing some crawls, um, rolling, uh, you know, cross body patterns where you're touching elbow to knee on the opposite sides of the body, those things really fire up the core and allow us to kind of awaken that pelvic floor and find that connection again. Have more sex, please. It's awesome and it's great. And it's really an important part of being human. So figure out the things that might be putting on your brakes, figure out the things that can help stimulate your accelerator and read come as you are because it's awesome and um and then laugh and play i mean come at the world with your childlike qualities again you know and operate from a place of love instead of fear so i am looking forward to continuing kind of these shorter versions of my podcast i'm gonna rein it in today and stick with that um I'm also looking into doing some more training as a sex educator because it is something that's really been calling to me for the last year or so. And so hopefully I will be able to fill you in on that journey as it proceeds. Um, Hopefully this year things will be starting. And if you have topics that you're interested in, just let me know and please subscribe. I'm on Spotify now too. So you can check me out there. Again, it's Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior. So if you just search Wild Warrior, Uh, you will find me. So thanks for your time. Get after your life, find some new passions, love up on your people. And I will look forward to speaking with you again very soon.